Podcast Answer Man, episode number 238. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode. There's something we can all do to take our show to that next level. Well, my friends, welcome back. It seems like uh, it's been a while since I've been here giving my normal podcast answer man format of uh, answering a bunch of your technical related questions to podcasting, as well as sharing some resources and things of that nature with you. But um, I hope you don't mind the last couple weeks of content that I've produced. In fact, I know that many of you don't. Uh, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm still blown away by the opportunity that just came up right at the last minute. This once in a lifetime, well, at least uh, maybe not once in a lifetime. Hopefully, I'll have many more interviews that I'll do with Leo Laporte in the future. But anyway, the fact that that happened is still just it. I'm still I still have this buzz from from the experience. It was it was awesome. I I, I loved California, loved Blog World, and um, I'm very happy to have been able to share my my Blog World talk with the world uh, via this podcast. Also, my interview with Leo Laporte. And uh, for those of you who are wondering what in the world is going on with episode 237, throwing a video into the podcast Answer Man feed. I haven't done that for a while. Uh, And yes, I know that really, honestly, there was no reason at all for me to put that video into the RSS feed because it was just a talking head. It was just me sitting in the studio behind the camera and there was really no need for me to use video at all. But to be honest with you, I was um, it was after Thanksgiving. I realized that during the Thanksgiving break, I didn't put an episode out. Um, and I was sitting here wanting to play around with my camera. My camera had been sitting in my bag ever since I uh, got back from L.A. and Cal- or the West Coast overall. And and I wanted to hook it back up and I wanted to just uh, try out some, you know, uh, some new lighting placement that I had in the studio. I also... Uh, for those of you who are true geeks, you probably know what a TARDIS is. And for those of you who don't, it is a truly geeky thing. Uh, it, it, if anything, that that video just shows off how much of a geek I am. Because uh, it is from a science fiction television series that's been around, I think, since the 60s uh, called Doctor Who. And I've been watching it, well, since the early 70s. And I love Doctor Who. And I love that I have a TARDIS hanging from my ceiling in my studio, uh, hanging from using fishing line. Uh, so anyway, I wanted to just play around and see what it looked like. And honestly, I, I hit record on that uh, video and had no idea what I was going to say, didn't know what I was going to share. And and I, I started and stopped it a billion times. And then fa- finally, I'm like, wait a second. I should I should just record this for the podcast Answer Man audience, and it was originally just going to be a video blog post. It wasn't going to be put into the RSS feed. But the more I got to thinking about it, it's like you know what? It'd 
it'd be nice to just go ahead and throw this out to the 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 folks who subscribe to the RSS and and just push it out there. Otherwise, I'm not going to have any content uh, until this episode here that I'm recording right now. And so that's why I went ahead and pushed it out. Uh, really, no reason to. Honestly, um, the overall feedback from throwing a video episode into the to the only audio only feed um, was mostly positive. Uh, you know, they they said, "Hey, really enjoyed the inspirational thoughts." You know, you know, it's a, it's an inspiration to see you know how you think about your business, and and so I had a lot of people who really appreciated it. Uh, Stephen Howard's in my chat room right now. He says I loved it, and for me personally, I I I loved putting it out there just because it was it was different, it was unique, and it wasn't me just answering questions. It was just me just thinking about about business and about podcasting, about this and and where I'm heading and what I'm doing. But uh, there were some, that, and and I and I think it was like two people who were who who gave uh, one person gave a critical constructive criticism and one gave me a very nice constructive criticism one one said you know I, I would have preferred an audio uh the the ability to listen to just audio instead of watching the you know feeling like I needed to watch the video and I understand that that you know even though there are applications which by the way um I think the original iPod or iTunes application allows you to just listen to the only audio of a video um in the background um and, and the, I hate to say this, but I don't even know anymore because it's been so long since I've used iTunes to subscribe to podcasts and sync them to my phone. I use Pocket Casts, and I am now subscribing to a couple video podcasts that I still listen to audio uh, mostly, and I just click the close the screen button, and it does continue to play just the audio. And in fact, I can even close the app, well, not close the app, but let it run in the background and be working on other things on my phone while listening to the audio that's playing from the video of the podcast I'm subscribed to. I, I love Pocket Casts, and that's P-O-C-K-E-T-C-A-S-T-S, available for iPhone and Android. Um, it's, it's what I use to subscribe to my podcasts on my iPhone and, and love it. But anyway, um, I still recognize what this person was saying, though, and that is that, you know, because video is there, I feel drawn to it. I feel like I might possibly miss something. And, and so, yeah, I, I get that. And so a podcast answer, man, you know, I, I believe I personally, I have the, the face for audio. Uh, and so I, I, I feel more comfortable hiding behind a microphone than getting in front of a camera anyway. So you don't have to run, you don't have to worry about any risk of me putting out tons of video content on the RSS feed here. And, uh, in fact, the, uh, I, I was tempted to put the video of my blog world talk and the video of my interview with Leo Laporte in the RSS feed as well. And I chose not to. In fact, I chose to scrape the audio from both of those sources and then actually record a little bit of uh, audio in the front to introduce it, a little bit of audio at the end to close out the show. And, and you know, when it makes sense, when you don't have to have the video, uh, which you didn't have to have in those either, um, then it makes sense to just play the audio. And, and what I did is I created uh, the video, which, you know, especially the Leo Laporta interview. If you haven't gone and watched that, um, even though you listen to the audio here in the Podcast Answer Man feed, go and check out um, podcastanswerman.com forward slash Leo interview. 
podcastanswerman.com slash Leo interview and watch the video because there's a couple reasons why you'd want to watch it. Number one, to see the awesome, just to see how awesome it is when you have a well-lit studio, when you have a studio that's designed with a, with a great set, if you will. Um, and not only that, but also to see the video quality of the, uh, the Canon Vixia HF G10, which is my camera that I have. And I just noticed that it's available for $250 less than what I paid for it on Amazon now. And I think you can get that. Let me just go real quickly here. gspn.tv slash HFG10 and see if I have a link to that. I I don't, but I'm going to pause right now and I'm going to create it. Okay, and I'm back. I love the ability to just pause my recording at any time and and then go and do some stuff, which by the way, now if you go to gspn.tv, which by the way is my network, uh, of shows. Podcast Answer Man is just one of many shows that I produce on a weekly basis. And it stands for the Generally Speaking Production Network. And it's gspn.tv forward slash Henry Frank George 10 HFG10. If you click on that, it's going to take you to Amazon, which by the way, that is an affiliate link to my Amazon account. And if you were to go through my affiliate link at gspn.tv forward slash HFG10, um, I earn a commission on it. So pretty cool. Absolutely amazing camera and I love it. And that's why sometimes I'm drawn to do some video stuff even though I don't really need video. Um, and of course, somebody in our chat room is asking, is that camera different than the one you're using in the video feed? And the answer to that question is yes. I'm using a simple, cheap little Logitech webcam for <coughs> excuse me, for my stuff that I do here on my live stream. And by the way, I am recording Podcast Answer Man live today because um, uh, it turns out that there is a possibility that what I talked about in the video blog post about a, a new podcast that Father Roderick and I are leading uh, called Geekology Today, I was really excited about it. Um, it. There's a possibility that show might not be happening and it's certainly not happening today. Um, and, and it has a lot to do with Father Roderick and his time schedule and stuff like that. He's having second thoughts. And so we're, war- we're working out the details on whether or not that that's happening. And to be honest with you, if that doesn't happen, there's a good chance that I may decide to put Podcast Answer Man back onto the live schedule on Thursdays. And the reason why I would be tempted to do that is because Every Monday, I put it on my list of things to do for me to record Podcast Answer Man. And I'll tell you, it always gets put off, put off, put off. And it's not because I don't have passion for the show. It's just that, you know, having that schedule, having that audience there has been a motivator for me to to get the show done. It, it, I've set aside Thursdays anyway. Um, and, and with the way that I've rearranged the schedule, you know, the, this 1030 time slot is a prime time slot for me to to throw that in there. So... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, more on that later. But uh, yeah, so that that's a little bit on that. I do have some other things that I want to share with you. We've got plenty of uh, calls that came in, some questions for you. But before I do that, I want to give you probably one of the biggest, most important pieces of information for those of us who are Mac users who produce our shows on our Mac computers. Uh, the latest version of iTunes came out probably about three weeks ago which is 10.5.1, and it finally fixes the MP3 artwork previews. 
so that when you start tagging your files from that point forward, once you install 10.5.1, from that point forward, if you uh, were to tag an, an MP3 file with artwork, it will then show the artwork instead of the standard little you know music note icon that you we've been used to seeing for way too long now. Personally, uh, I do not use iTunes uh, for much of anything that's I, let's just put it this way. Um, I still I still use iTunes to buy my music um, if I'm gonna buy music and to to put them into playlists and to sync those to my phone. Outside of that, that's the only thing I use iTunes for, and they're going to have to break that functionality, completely disable that functionality with 10.5.1, or they're going to have to tell me that there is a massive security flaw with 10.5.1. Otherwise, I am not upgrading iTunes anymore. Uh, I am. This is there. There have been two times since I've been a Mac user that I have gone months and months and months without being able to have those iTunes or those MP3 artwork previews. And I hope that I'll always be able to remember it. Let's just say if I do get suckered into updating to 10.5.5 or 10.6 down the road and they break the artwork again, I'm wondering if we know that 10.5.1 worked I wonder if we'll be able to say, you know what, this 10.6 broke everything. I really don't need those extra features that they talked me into. Uh, I wonder if we can go back to a 10.5.1 and get the artwork previews working again. But anyway, the good news, the good news is that 10.5.1 has completely made it possible for us to see those MP3 meta tags for the artwork on our files as podcast producers and this is massively important to me. Uh, it, it helps me to know whether or not I've tagged a file already or not. So um, the only thing is, is it won't go back and, and it won't immediately start showing your older tagged fi- files. You'd have to almost um, reinitialize those somehow. I uh, don't want to go into it here, but uh, I, for me personally, I, I just don't worry about the archives. I know that they're tagged. Well, you know what? I think one did slip by. I, I was noticing that. But um, yeah. But, and, and that's because I didn't have a easy, quick glance way to know whether or not they were done. But anyway, it doesn't matter. We have the ability to preview those artworks now. Uh, so let's move on to our first question in this episode, coming in from my good friend, Mark Mason. Mark, take it away. Cliff Ravenscraft. This is Mark Mason from the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast over at masonworld.com. I hope you're having an absolutely fantastic day. I had a couple of easy questions, at least I think they're going to be easy for you, as most questions are, about podcasting and specifically about setting levels. Now, I know you talk a lot about setting levels and a lot of the things that you teach, but I'm wondering, when you're assessing whether or not you've got the right levels for an MP3 output, how do you decide that? I mean, I know you talk about on your um, Ederol setting levels between minus 12 and minus 6 dBs. But when you get over into Adobe Audition, you switch scales over into the dBFS scale that goes only up to zero. And you kind of have to make a decision once you go through the multiband compressor or whatever post-processing that you're going to do about how hot to make your audio before you commit it to MP3. Now, I notice a lot of people mess this up. I'm all, I often listen to podcasts where when going from podcast to podcast, I have to change the volume because either their podcast is too hot 
or oftentimes it's because their audio level is just simply too low. So I'm wondering what you do in audition to make sure that you've got the right audio level to go out to MP3. The second question that I had for you was also related to audio levels. I noticed whenever I accept audio feedback or other kinds of audio input from other people, it's almost always at the wrong level compared to what I'm recording at. And so I'm wondering when you're doing a lot of this, is there a good way in audition to level the audio either from track to track or, you know, across time in a single track? Is there something you can do other than manually editing each clip and adjusting the gain? You know, this can be particularly important if for some reason you've got an interview where where the interviewer number one is a lot softer than interviewee uh, number two, and it's both on the same track. Now, years ago, I used to use a program that uh, Jason Van Orden turned me on to called The Levelator, but that's a PC program, and I, I really feel like uh, Adobe Audition ought to be able to handle this for me, and I was wondering what your recommendation is in that regard. I hope you're having a fantastic day, man. I really enjoy the show and love everything that you do. God bless. All right, Mark, thank you for your uh, feedback and questions here. First and foremost, I want to say that Levelator is also available on the Mac, as far as I know. Personally, I don't use it. Um, I, I find that it's it's best to always try to get your audio levels in line and, and at the same level from beginning to end uh, as you're recording, which is why I love recording into a digital audio recorder, always being able to see my display and trying to always get every single piece of audio going in, uh, hitting between the negative 12 to negative 6, you know, not going all the way up to zero, as it were. Um, and so basically what happens is there are a couple things. First and foremost, uh, yes, you can go in and do what's called a hard limit amplification on on your files. There is the ability for you to go in and just run over you know, each track uh, and say, I want to highlight the entire track and over the entire file, I want to, uh, I want to ample, you would choose hard limiting, but you can amplify it by X amount, you know, how many over decibels you want to amplify it. And a hard limit says once it gets up to a level, which you set, um, therefore you can, it, it, it will stop amplifying. So it'll only amplify up to the amount that you say. So if I say I want to up, I want to increase the volume by 15 decibels. But if 15 decibels would take it above zero, then it, it it's going to stop it. But I can even set it to where it's actually saying, you know what, I want you to amplify as much as 15 decibels, but never amplify any portion of the audio above negative 1.5 decibels. All right, so that's called a hard limit, and that's built into Adobe Audition, and it's amazing. Um However, there first and foremost, what I like to do when I have plenty of time and I and I schedule time aside to preview and edit um, audio feedback because I get this morning I went through 32 different voicemails uh, and I didn't actually have time this morning to go through all 32, do a hard limit on them and edit them down. Normally, I would schedule time within my week to to do that. Um, so in the event that I don't have time to do the hard limit, well, let me just say in a, in a perfect world, what would I do? I would open up every file. I would chop off the click of the phone at the end. I would, uh, I would chop off like a half a second or even a second and a half of, 
hey everybody this is so and so you know the 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 silence before they start talking i would chop that off i would chop off a little bit at the end if somebody's talking for you know four minutes of audio i will go in and and edit out unnecessary information where they go on and on and on and on and you know if they've got four minutes of audio feedback i can usually get that down to about two and a half minutes so I will edit that. And while I'm editing those, previewing those, I will do a hard limit. I will bring every single one of those up to a negative 1.5 decibel recording, uh, especially telephone calls and, and well, just all of them. That I will. I, I will individually go in and edit, preview, um, and, and hard limit each and every media file or voicemail file that came in. Didn't do it for today. Didn't do it for today. I noticed uh, yours was your your audio level is nice and loud, and and I and what happened is is I clicked play, and immediately I grabbed the volume slider on my mixer, and I saw that you were going way above negative uh, six on my display on my on my um ro- my ro- or Ederol Roland um Ederol by Roland R dash zero nine HR. And so I saw that you were way above negative six as soon as you said like the very first word uh, that you spoke and I immediately dragged the slider down to where you were staying under or right at uh, negative six decibels. And after I play your, after I finish answering this question, the next thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to click and play Dave's message. And I'm going to look and see if he's hitting, you know, between negative 12. Let's just say he's only hitting right at negative 12 because his is lower than yours. And I didn't do a hard limit and I didn't bring everything up to the exact same level. Uh, because of that, I'm, I may there may be a point where I need to actually hit play on Dave's message and see that he's only at negative 12. And so I turn it up to get him up to the negative six level. And and so I, I try to limit everything that I do right around that negative six level because I do, and this is answering that other question for you, when I do the multi-band compressor, my secret sauce that I have, when I do that, it has an amplification in it. And so it actually is taking the audio that's already at a negative six level and it amplifies it, but my my multi-band compressor has, not only is it amplifying several channel uh, channels of audio and the, the volume overall on the entire track, but it's also hard limiting, and I do, this is what I do, I limit my output to negative 1.5 decibels. I don't want to get up, I, I could go all the way up to zero. I don't. I, I, I like to keep it right at negative 1.5, and and that, that way I can clearly see that it's not peaking. I can clearly see this, and, and the reason why I like negative 1.5 is because that's as about it, it's cl- it's as close to as loud as you can get without peaking that I feel comfortable with, and I like to make sure that I'm at negative 1.5 because that makes the audio as loud as possible without peaking. Which means that for people who are in their cars who listen to me either through FM transmitter, car cassette adapters, uh, auxiliary cables plugged into the radio, or Bluetooth, that means when they're listening to my podcast, it's as it's just as loud as a radio signal if not maybe even slightly louder. And and what that means is that when they're done listening to me and they hit eject on that cassette adapter and their FM radio play, starts playing, that means that that FM radio is not going to be turned up really loud because my audio was just as loud as what that would be anyway. And so when they eject the cassette adapter after listening to my podcast, 
the the FM radio is going to play and it's going to be at an, at the same almost the same audio level or volume that they were listening to my podcast at. Whereas if my podcast if I released it at negative six decibels or maybe even negative twelve decibels, it's still it's still loud enough to hear. But um, if I released it at negative twelve decibels, those same people listening into their cars they pl- plug in their cassette adapter, if you will. And then what happens is for them to hear my volume, to hear my podcast over the road noise and stuff like that, they turn up the volume on their stereo. And when my podcast is done and just before they uh, go into work or wherever they're going, they hit eject on the cassette adapter. And the next thing you know, the the radio, because they cranked up the volume to compensate for my negative 12 decibels, they, the, the the FM radio blasts really loud. And so therefore what that does is it, you could be damaging their speaker. So I like to make sure that my podcast is as close to that, that limit of zero as possible where I feel comfortable is negative 1.5 decibels. And the important thing is, is for podcasters is what you want to do is uh, you want to make sure that you're not doing uh, putting out an episode that's you know negative 1.5 one week and then negative you know 10 the next week or negative 20 the, the week after that um, you, you want to have a little bit of consistency in your programming uh, I'm not saying that 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 I'm perfect and that I choose the exact right thing but it's what I do it's what I've been doing for years and and and, and it's the one I'm comfortable with so uh, that's what I do negative 1.5 decibels so let me look at the list of questions I had here. One was audio level setting on feedback. That's how I do that. Um, and then the other one is, yeah. So I think I answered all that for you there, Mark. Thank you again for the question. And uh, I just want to say that when it comes to doing all of those things that I just said, no program out there is easier than Adobe Audition. No program out there is as easy to do that with as Adobe Audition. All right, moving along, uh, next is Dave Dufour. And so again, because I didn't preview this, I'm just gonna hit play and at the same time, I'm holding my finger down on the volume control. And and here we go, Dave, take it away. Hi Cliff, Dave Stahoviak here with the Coaching Skills for Leaders show. And I have a question for the podcast answer man in regards to Lipson. I know a lot of your listeners utilize Lipson as do we. And we recently upgraded our Lipson account to a new level that now includes advanced statistics where we can find out where people are downloading from and geography and all that. I'm sure you're familiar with that interface. And our show, one of our shows, uh, the Coaching Skills for Leaders show, is getting over a thousand downloads a week on episodes, which is great. Um, however, I'm wondering about the some of the statistics I'm seeing on Libsyn. About three quarters of those downloads are coming from a uh, application called Apple Core Media. And I haven't been able to find online what that is. I did see a reference somewhere that Apple Core Media had something to do with iTunes downloads. However, I'm not sure that's it because I do see iTunes separated as a separate download that's not included in those numbers. And I also see iTunes for the iPhone as a separate listing. So the Apple Core Media, I'm not sure what that is. And I was wondering if you knew what that was. And I was thinking that might be helpful to other folks too. Another random piece of information here that might be helpful is it looks like most of those Apple Core Media downloads are coming from Singapore, strangely. I don't, we don't have any 
major business contacts or really any business contacts in Singapore. So I'm not sure if that's a fluke or maybe if that is helpful in answering the question. So thanks in advance for any uh, perspective you can provide. And thanks for all you do for the Podcast Answer Man Show. Take care. All right, Dave. Thank you very much. And first and foremost, I want to apologize for calling you Dave Dufour. Uh, Dave Dufour is another listener of Podcast Answer Man and who has called in quite a bit. And I do have a, 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 a question from Dave Dufour, but I did not put it in this week's show. And unfortunately, I wrote down Dave Dufour. So Dave Stahoviak, thank you so much for your question. Uh, and to answer your question, yes, I do know what Apple Core Media is. And if you can imagine this, it is the core media player built into the iPhone. So, for example, if somebody were to uh, download your episode using iTunes, as you saw in your advanced stats, you're going to see that via iTunes. Now, if they actually subscribe to your podcast and find it in the iTunes application on the iPhone and they choose to download that way, yes, you're going to see iTunes on iPhone. However, let me tell you how we could get a stat or to, to add to the number of stats uh, that show up under Apple Core Media on your phone. So if I were to go to your website on my iPhone and I, I navigate to one of your pages that has show notes and there's the button there that says click to download. All right. Click to download. What will happen is if, if I click on the link to the MP3 file, it will open up the QuickTime core media player on the iPhone. And that, my friend, is where you're going to see those stats. So that means it's, it's done there. Now, the only other thing is I could think of is that technically speaking, I'm wondering, it, like, for example, if you go to podcastanswerman.com on your iPhone, uh, it has a little, you know, PowerPress has an HTML5 player in it. And I'm wondering if you click that play button on that HTML5 player, if that isn't also using the core media player built inside. So it could either it could both be people who are clicking directly on the link to the MP3 file and listening to it that way via their iPhone, but it could also be those HTML5 players uh, that are on on a website as well using PowerPress or any other. Um, HTML, but it, it is basically core Apple core media means it's the Apple core media player. And, uh, and that's what those stats are. People listening on their iPhones and, um, it's good stuff. I love, I love the stats that Lipson gives us. All right. Next up we have, uh, Mark Batiste. So Mark Batiste has a question about the Roland. Uh, let's go ahead and take it away, Mark. Hey, Cliff, this is Mark Batiste from Chicago, Illinois, and I just wanted to ask you a quick little question. Um, I haven't seen anything about the, uh, the Roland R05 recorder being discontinued as a model. Uh, however, I just was able to purchase one from Musician's Friend for 100 bucks, so I, I kind of jumped on it. Uh, but I was wondering if, uh, if you knew anything from your distributors or whoever, if that was the case, if they're getting rid of them or what's going on with that, because, uh, well, it's an awesome product and I don't want it to go away, I guess. So uh, hopefully I'll hear from you. Have a good day. All right, Mark, thank you for the question. And no, the, uh, the Roland R-05 is still in production and still available for sale, not only to us as the general public, but also to my suppliers as well. They can get new ones and stuff like that. Um, you made reference to the fact that you found one on musiciansfriend.com for 100 bucks. First and foremost, congratulations. 
Um, there are a couple different things. One is it could have been advertised, even in small print, but it could be advertised as B stock. All right. So what B stock is, it means it's it, it's been shipped out to somebody else and they decided that, uh, you know what, this isn't really for me. I'd rather have, let's say, a Zoom H4n, uh, which I prefer the R05 personally more, but I know some other people who prefer the R or the Zoom H4n. So uh, let's just say they got it. And it's like, and this isn't what I want. And so they immediately ship it right back. This right here, my friends, is a B stock item. They can no longer sell that to you as new. And so they sell it as a B stock and they, they discount it usually pretty heavily so that they can actually get it sold. Otherwise, they, they're, they're just stuck with this thing. So, so that could be one reason why you picked it up for 100 bucks. Another reason why you picked it, could have picked it up for 100 bucks, and this is less likely because there is this thing called a MAP, minimum advertised price. And I believe that 199 is the MAP on the Roland R-05, which means that, that basically nobody's allowed to officially um, advertise on their sites that you can buy it uh, for less than $199. Now, with that being said, um, they, it, they, there could be, I mean, so either, either I could be wrong and there is no MAP on this device, or um, it, it could be that uh, they either disregarded the MAP, but if there is no MAP, th there, there are sometimes what they do is, they have these things called loss leaders. Uh, retailers have loss leaders. And this means that they'll sell you an item. They'll advertise and sell items well below what it costs them even at times. So they'll actually sell it to you and they actually lose money on the deal. But they usually have these loss leaders so that they can get you in on a big product that, that comes in. And then hopefully you'll buy a bunch of cables or a bunch of other ancillary items where they're, you know, they're making quite a different, quite a a nice uh, profit margin there. So so that could be an issue as well. But I went to musiciansfriend.com, did a search for R-05, and they're, they're currently advertising them at $199. So um, that, that, is the, that is the correct price, $199. And um, I, I, I haven't contacted my supplier to ask them, you know, if they've heard anything about them being discontinued. But I did confirm everybody, including Musician's Friend, is advertising it still at $199. And um, I, I have a very close, very personal relationship with my supplier. And if he had heard that, let me just say it, he, he hears stuff way before I do. And when it's anything related to the products that I sell most often, uh, he immediately gets in touch with me and says, do you want me to order 50 of these? And, um, and so, so not, I haven't heard anything through the grapevine. I think we're fine on the, our, the Roland R-05. Absolutely love it. All right, so moving along, Dan Matson is next. I love Dan Matson and his Hooked on Wooden Boats podcast. Check this out. Hi, Cliff. Dan Matson here from Hooked. Oh, one second here, just real quickly here. So here's here's Dan. He's recording this probably on his uh, Roland R dash zero five, and he's got his um, he's he's got his mouth you know obviously far away from his his uh, recorder. And so, therefore, when I just clicked play, by the way, he was coming in at about a negative, uh, well, let me look. That was about a negative 25, all right? And so, all I'm going to do here, and again, I did not, I could have hard limited this all the way up to negative 1.5 
in pre-production or you know before put playing clicking play in the show but all i'm going to do is i'm going to click play and i'm actually going to turn the audio up coming in from my computer turn that slider up on my mixer all the way up until he hits about negative six so here you go dan take it away sorry to interrupt you hi cliff dan matson here from hookedonwoodenboats.com cliff i've got a question uh, about my uh, my website um a company or another uh, website published an article about me. They interviewed me and put me on their website with an article. And that sent quite a bit of traffic to my site. And so I've linked to their site from my site uh, so people can go and look at that article. However, my concern is that when they archive that article or maybe take it off the site at some time, then the link on my site is no longer going to be good, and I'm want to. Uh, I'd like to somehow um, get it set up so that I've always got access to that article. And I'm wondering how I would do that. I'm not sure if I would ask them for a copy of it, an electronic copy somehow, and put that on my site, or uh, what the best way to do that would be. But uh, any insight you have would be much appreciated, Cliff. Thanks for all you do. Uh, Dan at Hooked on Wooden Boats, over and out. All right, Dan, thank you so much for your question. And by the way, folks, just real quickly here, I want to let you know, as soon as I his audio is over, I made a mental note to take my slider and turn it right back down just because, you know, when I go to play the outro music when I'm done here today, I don't want it to blow your eardrums out. So just keeping in mind, you know, just sharing with you behind the scenes what I'm doing here. But uh, Dan, first and foremost, great to hear from you guys. If you haven't done so, go over to hookedonwoodenboats.com. And and Dan, I don't know if I've told you this personally, but I am talking about you all the time. I am. I, I am so excited about what you're doing. Guys, go over to hookedonwoodenboats.com. First and foremost, congratulations for making it to episode number 10. Absolutely Awesome. I, I'm looking at, by the way, I'm looking at your show notes for episode number 10 and I see the, you know, the highlights of the Port Townsend Wooden Boat Festival that you, it looks like you obviously covered and I see the pictures that you have there and, and just, I mean, I'm, t- I'm just telling you and then I see the show notes that you have under there, the links to the stuff. This is great. This is great. You're doing an awesome job and uh, in my talk that I did at Blog World, I said, you guys, this is somebody to keep an eye out on because I see the potential here for for somebody who who can take a passion for something in a niche topic, a niche field like wooden boats. And and I don't know where you're heading to this with the, with this Dan and, and and you know, I'd I'd love to to catch up with you maybe in a couple of weeks here and I'm going to talk about something that new project I'm going to be bringing to Podcast Answer Man uh, on on some interviews. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where you're heading with this because I see a, a potential here for somebody who could leave their career of whatever they're doing now and in five to ten years be doing and making a, a significant living from a passion such as wooden boats. And uh, I, I just I just want people to watch to see what you're doing and and just to you know get in now while while Dan's. You know, only in his 10 episodes, even if you have no, and here's the thing, this is what I'm telling people, even if you have zero desire about, have any interest whatsoever about wooden boats, go check out episode one and, and just listen. You know, somebody recently asked me in my podcasting A to Z course 
um, they recently asked me, you know, what other podcasts, uh, what other blogs and podcasts about podcasting do you subscribe to? Uh, and I told him, I said, none. I don't subscribe. I don't, I don't read any other blogs about podcasting. I don't read any other, I don't listen or subscribe to any other podcast about podcasting. And there's some, there are some out there, uh, and, and some pretty decent ones even, but I don't subscribe to them. And the reason why is I, I find that what, where I learn the most is watching other people, watching other people who struggle with certain things and, and seeing how, how they adjust and, and the, the technology they use to, to fix things. I learn by, my own stuff that I produce, you know, nearly 3000 episodes now that I've produced, uh, my own, my own issues and how do I, how do I solve those? And I've got clients from time to time who'll come to me and ask me how to do something that I have no idea how to do. And I go and research and learn how to do it and we get it done. And, and so this is how I learn. And, and I, I learn a, a great deal more watching a, you know, somebody like, a you know, a Dan Miller, um, I, or, or, what, who else am I listening to? I'm listening to Dave Ramsey's Entre Leadership. I'm listening to, you know, these other people out there that I listen to their podcasts and I hear how they do things. And, and when I hear something or see something unique, I, I contact those guys and say, hey, you did this on your podcast. What were you using to do that? And, and that's how I learn. You know, I, I, I just, that, that's, that's how I learn. And so I think for somebody who wants to know how to uh, take a hobby and turn it into a full-time career, Dan. I'd love. Uh, I, I'm going to have to get with you and 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 schedule the interview. And I, matter of fact, let let's do that. Dan, email me Cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Let's schedule an interview. Maybe even have you on by next week. That'd be great, uh, or within the next couple of weeks. I want to have you on, and I want to I want to see if if your your decision is that you are going to try to turn this into a full-time career, and if so, to just watch your journey. Because that's what people, some people think that, that the only reason I'm as successful and in the place where I am today, actually not some people, one person uh, recently wrote that the only reason I'm, I am where I am today is because I happened to start a show about the TV show, the TV television show Lost and had thousands of listeners right out of the bat. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I, I'm not going to discount that there was something to do with the initial excitement and buzz of, of that lost show. But when it comes down to it, what I'm doing today is it is it is taking a hobby and being passionate and pursuing it like nothing else matters and 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 making it a reality. And I believe that we can all do that. And 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 uh, you know it, well I think there are some other things at play. But still Dan Matson, somebody to watch. Now, Dan, let's get to your question. Uh, what is his question? His is, what if the link to the story goes away? First and foremost, congrats on the number of subscribers and also congrats on getting a, a, a big, huge, um, you know, publication uh, linking back to you. I want to tell you about web page screenshot. Matter of fact, if you go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash web page screenshot, all one word, uh, it will take you to a Google Chrome plugin. Now, if you use Firefox, you can do webs, you know, web page screenshot or, you know, web. Yeah, just do a search for it. You'll find other people who have plugins and stuff like this. But what this allows you to do is through the click of a button, 
uh, you go to the website that has the article, you click on a button, and it will go in and it will do a screenshot. It will actually save not just the part that you can view, although that is an option, but it also will do and it will do a whole it will do a whole different or a whole image of the entire web page exactly like it is. And and so then you could do that and then you could turn it into a PDF document, whatever the case may be. The one thing I would recommend though is that uh, if you want to have an archived version of that story that they did about you, definitely seek their permission to do that. And what what I would do is I would I would go to them and explain to them the reason why you're asking and say, what I'd like to do is I would like to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to continue to link to your article to send people to your traffic, traffic to your site. But if you don't mind, I would like to also create a PDF document version of, of your article in the event that you ever archive this or you know take this particular item off of your site. And what I'll do is I'll just put like a little off to the side, right click here to download the PDF of this document in the event that the article no longer appears at the link you know, mentioned here, you know, something like that. That's what I would do. Uh, but hopefully that gives you some insight into how you can potentially do that. All right. So real quickly here, um, I actually have a couple other quick notes, just little tidbits and pieces of information uh, to share with you. Obviously, you've seen a lot of video um, on my site recently. And if you've seen my video, you probably saw the new kind of flyby logo thing that I got going on. I just want to say thank you to my good friend, Dr. Saram Khalsa. Uh, you can find his podcast over at askdrsaram.com. That's askdrsoram.com. Anyway, he told me about a service called fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And this service has a ton of things that people will be willing to do for you for only $5. And so I found this person who advertised, you know, this, you know, the Starbucks logos flyby. And he says, I can do this for you and uh, for five dollars. And I said, oh, great. Well, I figured, why not give it a shot? So I spent five bucks and I submitted my podcast answer man logo to him. And the things that you see at the beginning of my video cost me five dollars. Now, the thing is, I will tell you that um, he submitted it and I did not like the audio that came with it. So I actually muted the audio and then I went into my video editing software, added my own audio track to the beginning of that, and and then exported it again as a as a video file that I then throw in front of all my video projects. So um, there's there's plenty of more things that people will do for you for five bucks. Check it out at f i v e r r dot com, fiverr dot com. The thing is, I think there's also a tenor dot com, t e n r r dot com, and there I think there's even more. Uh, for higher amounts, but uh, it, that right there will keep you busy for a while and getting you a ton of stuff that you could uh, use for promotional marketing and, and all kinds of other stuff. Uh, I know some people who even used Fiverr.com to do a voiceover. Honestly, my friends, seriously, when it comes to voiceover, you might want to consider getting more of a professional when it comes to voiceover, although you'd be surprised at what some people will do just to to get their name out there. So fiverr.com, check it out. Uh, and then the next thing here, just real quickly, we've talked about the R-05 recorder quite a bit uh, in the past here. And also it's even come up in today's episode. I, I, I had a, somebody ask me in my A to Z course, I said, can you hook up two dynamic microphones 
to a Roland R-05. And so guess what I did? I tested it out. So I have, basically, you can hook up, a, um, a, like, say, a Shure SM58 to a Roland R-05 recorder by using an XLR to 1 8 inch plug. And you just go, you plug the XLR into the back of the microphone, and then you um, plug in the 1 8 inch into the microphone port of your Roland R05, and it works great. Now, the thing is, is the question was, can I plug in two of them? And they do make these adapters, and I happen to have one, where it takes um, one XLR uh, fem- uh, no, one XLR male uh, to two, uh, and it's a Y adapter is what it is, to two XLR females. And so I actually plugged in that Y adapter into two different microphones and then plugged that into the cable that goes from XLR down to one eighth inch. And the answer to the question is yes, you can have two Shure SM58s plugged directly, well, not directly, through a Y adapter and a, you know, a, a, the mic cable necessary. But yes, you can use two Shure SM58 microphones or two Heil PR40 microphones going into one Roland R-05 without a mixer. The thing is, though, is you will have no independent volume control between the two of them. Just keep that in mind. But the technically speaking, can it be done? Yes, I've done it. I tried it. It works. Um, so, you know, some people just want to know what they can stretch, what they can get by with. And uh, I just thought that that was something interesting that I would throw out here. Another thing that I just want to throw out to you is uh, that real quickly, I want to let you know that I have been using the Discuss commenting system on my website for years now. Um, and I am getting ready to consider changing that. Not been dis- dissatisfied with Discuss by any stretch of the imagination, but there's another company out there that I think that has recently come onto the scene and uh, they're growing in wild popularity. And uh, and I'm not talking about, let's see, there was always Discuss and then there was Intense Debate. I never tried Intense Debate, although I know a lot of people who loved that and loved it more than Discuss. But now I'm seeing a service called Live Fire, and that is L-I-V-E-F-Y-R-E.com, Live Fire, F-Y-R-E.com. And I want to tell you, this I've seen this uh, active on many people's blogs, and I'm really excited about how the interface works and how it looks, and I'm thinking about removing Discuss and trying out Live Fire. Uh, so I, I'll tell you what I'd love to do. I would love for you if you would go if you'd be willing to go to podcastanswerman.com, look for episode 238, this episode right here, and leave me a comment on my site and tell me if you have used LiveFire and what your thoughts are about it. And the one thing that that's a little odd is their their plans. Um, I click on their plans for pricing and they have LiveFire community, which is free. And it gives you the live conversation stream, uh, social network integration, uh, intelligent span fighting, advanced moderation, engaging uh, uh, engaging user interface, social network sign-in, which is, I love the way that they do that, Uh, database postback, which is cool. That means that, you know, that all the comments that come in do get uh, pushed into my database so that if I ever leave them, I still have the comments in my WordPress. Discuss does the same thing, and that's why I feel comfortable leaving them because I can I can shut 
discuss often. All of my comments are there. Um, and then Live Fire profiles it's got, and then up to 2 million monthly views. Now, the thing is, is I think I'm okay with 2 million monthly views. That's not going to be a problem. But uh, And then, of course, then it's like they, you want pricing on Live Fire Professional, which, of course, is beyond 2 million monthly views plus some you know, premium developer and 24-hour customer support and some other stuff. But anyway, they, they, they don't even list the pricing there. Uh, but I think I'm pretty much okay with the, just the Live Fire community and that it's free. Couple questions is will they, you know, if you use Live Fire, uh, do they take all of the comments that are currently in your WordPress? Uh, do they automatically import those so that, that they'll display those just like Discuss did when I first signed up with them? So, uh, you know, so number one, will it import all my existing stuff, all of my existing comments into the Live Fire system? And number two, um, you know, what are your thoughts about it if you use it? So I'd love to have those comments in the comment section for Podcast Answer Man episode 238. Um, but uh, who knows? I pr- Hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I'll I'll be switching over and trying out Live Fire. Uh, and, and how it's going to happen is probably it won't be until I have a little free time and I'm, I'm browsing around commenting on somebody's blog and I see Live Fire again. And if I have enough time to just browse around and comment on somebody's blog anytime in the month of December, then I will probably say, yeah, let me just go ahead and do that right now. Otherwise, eh, I don't know when it'll get done. Uh, unless I put it on my to-do list. But it's not that big of a priority, so I'm not even going to bother. Uh, but chances are you'll see me switch over to Live Fire um, pretty darn soon, at least to try out. All right. And then the let's see here. The, the one more thing that I have right here is... Um, where are they now interviews coming to podcast answer man? So I have done, I have told people in my podcasting A to Z promotional video that I've helped hundreds of people launch successful podcasts. And, um, I, you know, I, I'd always used that terminology without really knowing what is the exact number, but I've always said hundreds. And when I created that video, you can actually see it at uh, podcasting a to z.com you'll see the 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 number of um, podcast images that show up on the screen. And I don't even remember how many that is. But when I sent out an email to people saying, hey, if I helped you uh, successfully create a podcast, either as a client or as a podcasting A to Z student, would you be willing to submit your artwork to me? as Because I want to use it in a project video project that I'm working on. And I received over 250 podcast artworks and and trust me not everybody responded which was amazing so um i've got all these podcasting clients that i've had since 2006 uh for one-on-one consulting and i've got um i think 87 i believe it's 87 students who have gone now through podcasting a to z uh here in 2011 alone And my goal is to start doing 20 to 30 minute interviews as the second half of Podcast Answer Man episodes in the future. And and the idea is to start doing some interviews and saying, you know, where where are they now? How did you get started? What why did you get into this? What's your podcast about? What equipment are you using? You know, what obstacles are have been in your way? What have you found successful and stuff like that? I'm I'm thinking about doing that and I hope to do it as early as next week. It may be a little bit early to bring Dan Matson in, but I'm really eager to talk to him. So Dan, if we can work that out, email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com 
and uh, let's let's get you scheduled as soon as possible. If I don't have Dan next week, hopefully I'll have somebody else next week. Next week, if I don't have anybody ne- by next week because of scheduling at such short notice, um, I will certainly have somebody in two weeks from now. So by episode two forty, we will begin the "Where Are They Now?" interviews. And by the way, if you're somebody that I've helped uh, create a podcast and you've been podcasting, and I would say that you're at episode 10 or above, uh, then email me, cliff at podcastanswerman.com, and do me a favor, put in the subject line, where are they now interview, all right? Uh, Just put that in the subject line, where are they now interview, and say, I would love to do an interview if you can fit me into the schedule, and that's how I will start uh, picking who gets put into these interviews. And I'd love to start highlighting what some other people have been doing in the world of podcasting and and bringing that to you. And, and I've gotten a lot of positive uh, feedback from the interviews that I have shared up to this point. And that's, that's why I want to start highlighting some of this stuff. And I am going to hit play on the outro music here and want to let you know one final thing. And that is um, I just finished yesterday my final podcasting A to Z course for 2011 and uh, it has been amazing. Like I said, I'm almost positive the number is 87 people who have gone through my podcasting A to Z course with me uh, and and it's, it's pretty darn exciting. In fact, I believe 80 of those 87 people have live podcasts submitted to iTunes who are actively producing content. So 80, 80 new podcasters out there that are successfully doing it. And of the seven who aren't, um, there, there are various reasons why they haven't either launched yet or they launched and kind of stalled. I'm working on those people. I, I'm going to track you down. You know who you are. I'll, I'll be, I, I want to see everybody out there successfully launching these podcasts and keeping them going. But anyway, um, so it, it's been great. Uh, I've already got nine people on my list asking when's the next podcasting A to Z. Uh, I hope to work out the dates for um, that in 2012. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm thinking about. Uh, I am thinking about doing three next year: March, June, September. That's not in stone yet, but I'm thinking about just doing three of those next year. Uh, the price will be more expensive than what they were this year. Um, but uh, it, it, it is, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Uh, so three of those next year, it's going to be probably the month of March, the month of June, and the month of September. And of course, I talked about my episode 237, the video episode, uh, my mastermind group. I tell you what, I am thinking that, that I cannot stop thinking about that group. I'm always jotting down notes, ideas. I am so pumped up, so excited about it. Already got a bunch of people says, Cliff, sign me up. And I haven't even started it yet. I haven't even described exactly what it is yet. Um, But I think some people have a really good idea. And so I'm excited about the podcasting mastermind group. Don't even know if that's going to be the name of it, but but it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. It's not only going to be fun, it's not only going to be great, it's going to be so extremely valuable. And... um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I, I don't want to say too much right now because I want to. I'm actually going to spend the entire month of December planning it, but uh, probably within the next week to two weeks, I should start seeing some pretty solid details. And as I 
as I as I commit to certain details, I will begin sharing them, and um, just know that, that some exciting things are coming this way. Guys, I really appreciate you being with me here all of these years, especially here in 2011. Looking forward to uh, bringing more valuable content to you in all these various different ways. Oh, and by the way, thank you all who bought from my Black Friday through Cyber Monday sale. You guys rock. Let me tell you, you guys are awesome. Hey, until next time, I encourage you to join the community.